Alrighty, hello and welcome to episode 138 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, the man voted most likely to top edge a full to- toss into his mouth and break a tooth, Mick. And let me introduce you to the rest of the team. Next up, the man voted most likely to take a hanger and do his knee. Welcome, Ross. On you, mate. Uh, good to be here, everyone. Welcome. Hello, Mick. Our next co-host is the man voted most likely to do a knee on the dance floor of a booze cruise. Welcome, Alex. Yep. yep. Someone fronted the duddies and I went, whoopsie, dressed as a samurai. It was a, it was a fun time back in the day. I was going to say dressed as a particularly shit samurai. Oh, yeah. Socks and thongs with a, like a $4 Komodo from Kmart, I think. And nothing else. Just standard, standard. That's probably a T-shirt underneath. Very Cultural cool. appropriation, L. Uh, yeah, well, I didn't do the eyes, so ah, that's good. all right. Yeah. Good, yeah. good. And finally, the man voted most likely to do an AC joint in his shoulder, <laughs> taking a screamer behind the stumps. Welcome, David. I was wondering which injury you'd go with. There's been a plethora of them for myself. <laughs> I prefer the dislocated uh, thumb from high-fiving after someone... <laughs> yeah, shaking someone's head. My thumb pops <laughs> <out. Yeah. sighs> So welcome one and all to the Frederick Harold Sock Company Studios. Maybe we should be sponsored by fucking Medibank or something. But anyway, this is <laughs> Production and brought to you by Big Lug Enterprises. Oh, me. You're yeah, part of this. Some cricket news, or, or as it might be known from this point on, who has been a knobhead in cricket this fortnight? <laughs> so a continuation of our um, segment last week on cricket, cricket personalities being knobheads. This fortnight, it's been Dave Warner is a knobhead. So, in the past fortnight, uh, Mr. Warner, in the vein of Justin Langer, has thrown his support behind Joe Burns retaining his spot at the top of the test batting order. In my defence, as I go on this rant I'm about to go on, this was before he did his groin the other night. Fuck him. But the quote from Warner was, we have played out in the middle together and know each other's games really well. I know exactly what we're about when we're out there. We won a lot of games last year. Bullshit. For me, you don't break something that isn't working. Firstly, this cunt used to say the same shit about Bancroft and then lit his career on fucking fire. (laughs) Secondly, the last opinion this sawn-off little prick had was, hey, let's rub sandpaper on the ball. So fucking take anything he says with a big, massive grain of salt. So now, the reality of the situation is Warner and Burns had one massive partnership in the first test last summer where Burns made 97. I think Warner was against the, um, Pakistan or Sri Lanka and Warner went on to make like a double ton or something like that. Triple, I think, wasn't it? Pardon? I think he made a triple ton against triple, It might have been a triple, actually, yeah. yeah. So they put on 220 off of the first wicket. Yeah, fantastic. Good stuff. But from that point on in the test, Burns made nine, four... 53, 0, 35, 18, and 40. Not exactly the type of stuff you would um, put with cementing your spot in the test side. And let's not forget, Warner and Burns haven't batted together since the first week of January. So we're talking months. So let's not. So let's go on recent form and have a look at the Sheffield Shield to see how our man, the hockey puck, Will Bukowski, measures up against the titan <laughs> of Australian cricket that can never be dropped, Joe Burns. So, top of the 2021 Sheffield Shield batting table sits the puck. 
He has 495 runs at a whopping 247 and a half with two double tons and a high score of 255. Not bad, Nell. Not bad. (laughs) Not bad at all. Now, let's see where David Warner and Justin Langer's best fucking mate sits. (laughs) And coming in at 47 on the Shield batting list. Is that average, Mick? Is that average? Is average? 47 is pretty good. (laughs) Joe Burns, who has a massive 57 runs. That's that's his average. (laughs) And an average of 11.4 with a high score of 29. Absolutely slaying them. Jesus. So that's just to put this into a bit of perspective. So for those playing at home, the people who have more runs than the test incumbent are Chad Sayers, Peter Siddle, (laughs) and the man who was batting so poorly he fucking retired, Cal Ferguson, has more runs than Joe Burns. Jesus Christ, really? That's brilliant. (laughs) Oh, that's right, because he's nearly scored a ton. Yeah, Ferguson has like no 200 runs. But, um, yeah. (laughs) So as they say in the classics, fuck Joe Burns. So, um... I think it was in Casablanca, boys. wasn't it? <laughs> throw it over to you, boys, and see um, what is oh, your I, thoughts on Mr. Warner. I've got a couple of things, Mick. Yes. Um, as the two only full-time openers on this podcast and did it together for some time, I don't get the, the opener love bullshit. I don't understand why that's a more important partnership than four and five or five and six. Yeah, I, don't get I know the Hayden Langer thing, you know, cause they batted well together and they know each other, blah, 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 and all that sort of bullshit. But well, I don't understand why two openers have to know each other's games, but you could just chuck in a random number six and number five just has to deal with it. You know? <laughs> um, the other thing is Warner's not a selector. So I don't understand why he's having any input. And when asked about this thing, he should say, look, I'll just leave it to the selectors. And also he should say, I haven't been selected yet. So I'm still fighting for one of those opening spots myself. There's three of us trying to get an opening spot. I don't mind who it is as long as I'm there. I'd love to be there. The problem with doing this podcast every two weeks is sometimes Michael Clark steals your thunder. And what I wanted to say on the podcast this week was, I don't know if I said it last week. I don't think I did. But um, when you've got a person with a history of mental health issues, and you come out in the media and go, effectively, oh, I'd prefer to have the other bloke and not this bloke who's got mental health issues, not because of that reason, but how does Pukowski read that? Does he go, oh, shit, oh, this bloke doesn't want me, so what's the point of fucking trying? Maybe I'll just play for Victoria and never fucking try again, and I just won't put myself up for selection. I think Michael Clark came out and, and said that during a week, which was one of the fine points that Michael Clark's made in his career, but, you know, broken clock, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. In, sorry, but in that vein as well, what happens if Bukowski does outseat Burns? How's he going to feel walking into that fucking chair? Yeah, exactly room, right. Yeah. Knowing that bloke doesn't want to bat with him and the bloke coaching doesn't fucking want him there either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Roscoe. Warner and Langer fuckwits, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's your best hot take ever. Is, is, is that it, Ross? Because if you've got some um, more to go, I'll wait and I'll pop it at the end. I've, I've got heaps more. Warner saying he and Burns have great chemistry after playing six tests together. Well, what if you played six with Pukowski and would have chemistry that's twice as good, you fuckhead? <laughs> I don't understand what that means, the chemistry thing, what that means. Like, to your point, Paul, like, what, what, do you get, what do you get out of it? Like, is it just a chat in between the overs to calm you down? Is that what the chemistry is? Or is it, I know he's going to run a single if he he hits it to here, or 
you're playing you top line cricket. Of course, you know when someone's going to run. Yeah, yeah. Fucking idiot! You've played yeah. cricket your whole life. You know and, when someone's going to run a single. Yeah, and and, and your point on um, Langer and Hayden, and that's where this mythos of openers needing to have chemistry is that they batted well together. No, mm. they were just really fucking good at cricket and batting. Yes. So yeah. of course they did bat well together. They both made runs all the time, which means oh, they're a good partnership. It's mm. just they just bat well. Is that the mythos or the Mykonos? It's a trio of dips, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> the other thing too, but is if it was all about chemistry and chemistry was so fucking important, wouldn't he want to bat with Finch in the fucking test then? Yeah, because yeah. he's got so and they much. They fucking yeah. slay it at fucking one day level. they got like, was it now they got like 1,600, 1,600, 16, opening partnerships or something? That's the yeah. most in world cricket at the moment and like second ever or something like that. My main yeah. gripe is how presumptive it is about he's going to get picked. That's the thing that annoys me. Well, that's exactly right. This is who I'm open to the batting run. with. You know what I mean? This yeah. is who I'm open to the batting with. Well, yeah. you might not be, dickhead. You might not oh, get well, picked think- yourself. Finch and Warner have such good chemistry in the ODIs, they now call it synergy. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's why we're number one. That's how good it is. And I think it's they're both chemistry. on the same journey, Ross. Yeah, so. yeah they're constructing they pivoted at the same time. They're in, inter, in, intertwining each other's narratives. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've run it up the flagpole and both have saluted. They, um, <laughs> they, uh, they, their synergy is so good, Ross, because one <laughs> person has a balcony viewpoint, and that's Finch. Yeah. He has a balcony viewpoint. <laughs> and Water likes to deep dive. Well, he's on the dance floor because he can't yeah. hold a leadership yeah. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Finch's balcony, Warner's dance floor. Absolutely. That's it. And as we said, part of the problem of doing this podcast every fortnight is that when an issue like this happens at the start of the fortnight, (laughs) things tend to change by the end of the fortnight. And as anyone who knows, about two days ago, the Karma bus ran David Warner right the fuck over and he did his groin and will not be playing in this test match most likely. So he will be batting with fucking nobody. So there we Uh go. Also, don't get any ideas. We're still sticking to once a fortnight, fellas. Yes, yeah, I know. I can't do it any more than that. (laughs) You can barely do it now, mate. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to jump in here, sorry, Nick, with a a little Candice Warner story. Yes. Uh Mm. Touchy subject. Get the senses ready. Uh, So she went on Perth Radio and um, said the injury... She sort of subtly hinted that the injury wasn't a sexual-related uh, bonking-type injury. Because they'd been apart injury. for four months or something. Yeah. They weren't wasn't fucking. We could say that on this podcast. No feasts for two in yeah, that household? That Is that what chomp, we're chomp. Uh, that she had a short <laughs> jocular and casual conversation on radio uh-huh. about that topic. Yep. Everything. Yet when South Africans went over the fence... In South Africa, I wanted to have a short, jocular, casual oh, conversation. That's a bit different. Topic. Jesus. Why isn't that happening? It's a bit different. I don't know. If, yeah, I wouldn't call that jocular. I don't know. I think that's... Jocular in nature. Oh, jeez. Oh, you got one of those English longbows you brought back. Yeah, from, like, that's it. I reckon we've drawn mate. the longest bow. Yeah. I reckon we might just leave you that one alone. about Ricky Ponting. Yeah. This, might be, this might be Mick delving into some heavy editing sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. like what's, the, what's the old saying? One man's jocular is another man's being a jerk. <laughs> Abuse, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just think that if... If I was Candice Warner or advising her, I wouldn't stray into those sort of topics. It's just inviting... Oh, 
you know, yeah, comparisons mate, she or criticism. Have a PR manager anymore because yeah. she went on a reality show and punched in the back of the fucking head, apparently. So that's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think you're allowed to. Anyway, let's leave that one alone. Yeah, fuck mm. it. I'm surprised that, uh, that one of the few things we're fully informed on in the cricket world is Candice Waters' history on a reality TV <laughs> show and an, a radio interview in Brisbane. <laughs> of, all on, things, of all the things we're fucking on the pulse, we are. <laughs> I don't even pulse. know what fucking list A is, but we know what Candice Waters did on a reality TV show and how, uh, how her publicist is going. Anyway. So, speaking of... Um... People being knobheads. We're going to move on to our next knobhead of the week or fortnight, I should say. And that's James Warburton. Now, for those who are playing at home, James Warburton is the CEO of Seven West Media, the broadcast partners of Cricket Australia. And he is accused earlier in the week, and we'll touch on the accusations made today as well, but earlier in the week, he had accused Cricket Australia of having their heads in the sand and wasting an opportunity by kicking off the summer with a... Um, by kicking the summer off with an ODI series being broadcast on pay TV instead of a day-night test from the Adelaide Oval on free-to-air station Channel 7, which just happens to be owned by Seven West Media. Fancy that. (laughs) Now, in this instance, James has not allowed the facts to get in the way of a very, very good story that he's putting out here. So, firstly, Channel 7 refused to pay for the ADI match is in the broadcast agreement and had to go into partnership with Foxtel to get the deal over the line. So so the fact that they do not have the telecast rights to the summer's opening contest lays squarely on the shoulders of Mr. Warburton, who was the CEO, not necessarily at the time that the deal was started, but he was the CEO at the time the deal was finally signed off. So he does hold some responsibility and not all responsibility can fall on the shoulders of Tim Warner, who was his predecessor. So Mm. secondly, as most people are well aware both national cricket boards have to agree on tour schedules. And as we know, the BCCI, the Board of Cricket Control India, swing a pretty big stick in world cricket. So they should, so they would have demanded that this tour set up and CA, CA would have basically been required to get this over the line because we know now outside of the Ashes, Australia versus India is the biggest series the Aussie team plays in Australia in terms of revenue and crowd sizes. Mm-hmm. So as they say, if you want to blame someone, Jane, start with the knobhead in the mirror because you've created this situation <laughs> for yourself. So as um, we noted earlier, James came out with some more comments today slash yesterday and basically said that he wants to see all the... Um, emails and communication between Cricket Australia and the BCCI because he believes that the BCCI are the reason that the summer is set up the way it's set up. No shit can't. <laughs> Fucking give me a spell. And this is the same kind of who also said when someone actually goes, that's fine, but can we see all the um, correspondence between Channel 7 and Cricket Australia during the negotiations of the TV right? said, no, no, that's privacy. You can't fucking show. We can't show that. So... Apparently, what's good for the goose is not good for the gander. But anyway, so James is a knobhead. What do you think, Roscoe? Yes, um, I agree with those points. If you wanted the content, you've got to pay for it, mate. And the <laughs> other thing that was interesting uh, that I found was he said a couple of times that, uh, that he's, he's pissed off about that test match starting on the 15th of Jan in Brisbane. He said it's out of the holiday time, so we won't get as many people watching it. Well, if you, where, where is holiday time? If you put it before the 
test in Adelaide that's going to be on the 17th of December. It'd be like on the 10th of December. Is that holiday time, is it? Like, <laughs> I don't understand what he's on about there. He doesn't want to test on the 15th of January. He wants from like the 10th of December. Maybe it's because it. he's a private school wanker and private school's <laughs> a bit earlier. So he thinks that's when every kid's on, on the holiday. <laughs> Just because when he went to fucking old Warburtonians or wherever he fucking went to for school, <laughs> Scott's College, so he was off fucking Scott Free at 10. Who and fucking was, works was, in December anyway? He was yeah, back in the, on the, the fucking desk. He was back on the grindstone at 15th of January. <laughs> Fair enough. He did make an interesting point then. He said he was in a did meeting. He? Yes. Oh, this is Lewis Martin, not uh, Warbo. Yeah. No. Lewis Martin said that he's in a meeting with BBL manager Alistair Dobson and head of CA, op- uh, CA head of operations Peter Roach on August 7. And he Roachies. asked why the white ball matches were being put before the tests and the BBL start. Legitimate question. And the answer from Roach was, the Indians won't quarantine twice. They want their test players and white ball players to quarantine together at the same time. Then after the white ball matches are played, the white ball players can go home and the test players stay in Australia. According to the affidavit, Martin said, this is ridiculous. This is not the season we've been planning for. I do not accept the correctness of the explanation given by Mr. Roach, as I could not understand why the Indians would play such important on the Indian players all quarantining together. And I did not understand why say would agree to such a request in light of its obligations to seven. Martin added that he was suspicious the changes were, quote, exceptionally advantageous to Fox Sports. It does raise a good point because I don't have a problem with the schedule. Clearly, if you're Channel 7, you will because you want to start. They also had that thing where the BBL was going to start on the first day of the first test, you might remember, on the original schedule. And so clearly they're just going to go, right, we're going to... That was an all-new thing that Channel 7 had obviously cooked up. And he makes a good point because why would all the Indians need to quarantine together? Why couldn't the Red Bull players come here and then quarantine? And then they wouldn't have to quarantine again. Just the white ball players would arrive at the time for the white ball cricket and quarantine. It'd be staggered. Is it cost to support staff, maybe? Maybe. Imagine it's cheaper to do one hub than do fucking two. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I I did think he had a... Yeah, I did think he had a fair point because they come out of the UAE. What they're not going to have to quarantine if they go. They came from the UAE to Australia. Maybe that's the bit that's missing. If they go from maybe, UAE back to India, they have to quarantine. UAE back to India, then come to Australia. Or... Yeah, that's the two quarantines. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know. Anyway, what's yes, this prick's no, name? Yeah. Ross. Sorry, this is uh, Lewis Martin. Listen up, now, Lewis. Um, <laughs> oh, I'll give you two things, Lewis Martin. <laughs> Not the season that you planned for. Um, there's a fucking global pandemic going on, mate. So a lot of things happened that we hadn't planned for in this year. Another thing, the reason why they might want to hub together is because they're in a fucking foreign country and they don't want to have two blokes sitting in a hotel room or three blokes sitting in a hotel room on their own when they could possibly have 20 to 25 people sitting there as a group together. So that's why they don't want to fucking have two separate hubs. You fucking idiot. Um, Lois Martin... Yeah. the next point and this is where to me he goes off onto the ridiculous if he's not oh, already I'll be ready for it yeah so um, Seven wants to see whether all reasonable endeavours were taken before it was decided to start the BBL with a block of games in Tasmania which Lewis Martin told CA Dobson was the network's least preferred location because of the quality of the venues and the impact on attendance 
what the fuck are you on about? It's a TV. I don't go, oh, I'm not going to watch that game. It's from Hobart. <laughs> <laughs> Hobart. Uh, if only it was played at a one-third full MCG or one-quarter full MCG, I might watch that. But no, full house or close to full house at Hobart, I'm not watching that. That's shit. Hey, Lou Martin, um, buyer beware, mate. Do some fucking due diligence before you spend billions of dollars on some TV rights, you fucking moron. <laughs> The biggest thing for me is having a winch during the pandemic. Like, what did you think it was going to be all exactly the same? You might not have had any cricket if it wasn't for fucking <sighs> a million and a half people in Melbourne locking down. Like, that yes. would have fucked the whole thing. Oh, if you keep fucking whinging, everyone's just going to turn on Fox anyway. And they're just going to go, oh, fuck Channel 7. They're just a bunch of whinging pricks. Yeah. But the reality well, of it too is, is these are, this is the same fucking TV channel who lost games of AFL and didn't ask for a fucking discount on their TV rights are going to be given a full fucking summer of cricket, just moved around, are going to be given exactly what they paid for and are complaining about being given exactly what they fucking paid for, just slightly out of order. So Give it to the ABC. Bring back Drew Morford. This is fucking yeah, exactly yeah. Out of the grave. Yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> That uh, CA sources said uh, Channel 7 demanded that um, the international schedule be released by May 28 to meet the contractual deadline, even though CA said because of the pandemic, it's, you know, we can put it out, but it's going to change. Yeah. Channel 7 demanded that they put it out in May 28. How could you predict in May yeah. what October, November, December are going to look like given we're in a global pandemic? You couldn't it's predict it was going to happen in two weeks' time. This Larry Martin's got fucking rocks in his head. Yeah. Uh, what, Larry what Matan. Does it, what does it matter which ground you telecast uh, the uh, game from? What, sometimes the sun matter? shines in on one particular camera oh. from that particular ground. Fuck off, yeah. um, uh, Larry. Lost you can't. the tennis and left the fucking cricket on Channel 9. Uh, fuck. Fuck them off. Just create a new fucking channel. Yeah, yeah channel, Fox 501. Channel 69. Channel let's yeah, that's it. it. Let's start Don't Channel 69. Jump. We'll get the fucking cricket right. And I reckon we'll be able to get the footy right too if we got that. <laughs> and a Probably. couple of blue movies post yeah, 11 <laughs> o'clock on Channel 69. Yeah, bit of SBS fucking world movie style. That's it. If Once we do start subtitles, it, it's art. Here's my stipulation if we do start it. Go on. On Sundays, there has to be an Elvis movie at 1pm every yeah. Sunday. Okay? Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I'll just read out one comment from the bottom of this article, and it's is it from, from Decima. Oh, Decima. And it got, yeah, got respect handshakes of five <laughs> one day ago. Maybe someone could tell Seven they don't own the sport and the world doesn't revolve around them. <laughs> I think, I think Maximus, Maximus Decima Meridius is fucking spot on right there. Yep. yep. I think that is 100% what they're struggling with is that they can't actually just demand whatever they want. Like they can try it with the AFL and get away with it a bit more, but they can't actually do it. With well, the other thing is AFL is a national competition, not an international competition. They're not, they're not relying on other countries in the AFL coverage, so they can sort of get their way in a little bit. But if the BCCI come in and say, well, listen here, Channel 7, we've got fucking 80 stations back home where we've paid you know, $40 billion each. You can go and fuck yourself. You made a good point earlier, Mick. Uh, tours are a negotiation between the two countries. It's not as simple as CA fixturing what they yeah. want. It's a negotiation. And there's bigger things at play, like um, India needing to tour another country after they tour Australia. Yeah, exactly. And, as and much probably as quarantine BCCI, again, the poor bastards. Yeah, the BCCI do wield a lot of power. They're not the worst users of that power. Um, you know, they, they tour 
uh, the most. We of, are. Of, yeah, Australia, he's probably oh, the worst yeah. one, yeah. Um, India actually play against Bangladesh. And they yeah. tour the most of any, or equal most, England and India, I think, are the equal two for touring, doing the most tours. If if India were selfish or couldn't be bothered, they'd just stay at home the whole time. Mm. Yeah, just, but you know, they've got a gap country in once a year. They've got a gap in their schedule from ODIs, T20s and tests against Pakistan, though. Oh, that's true. You feel that but up we with don't... something. We don't play against Bangladesh Island or Afghanistan. Yeah, true. So we've, we've got a gap that we don't fill with, <laughs> without for not playing against three test nations. <laughs> All righty. Well, enough about them cunts from Channel 7. Let's we almost said a knowledgeable then. Well done, boys. Yeah, let's yeah, move on, on to what was on Foxtel, and that was the ODI. So a bit of international cricket. Um, so the first ODI was Australia versus India from the SCG. Um Kind of agreeing. Wouldn't watch that on telly. <laughs> Poor they telly want to put his refusal to open with Victorians on ice as Ian Finch. <laughs> <laughs> as Ian Finch, he put on 156 for the first wicket when Warner was dismissed for 69. Chomp, 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 chomp. Not taking their foot off the pedal, though. Finch was joined by Steve Smith, who, if you haven't heard, Found his hands during the week. Who knew? Oh yeah. Uh, Before we move on, let's talk about this ridiculousness of fucking Steve Smith losing his hands. It's always in the last place you look for him as well. And after that, you stop looking. Yeah. Did anyone read the article or just see the headline? I didn't read the article. I read the article. So he's in the nets and he, he hit a few good ones. And he walked past uh, Ronnie McDonald with a big smile on his face and just said to Ron, found him, Ron. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, he's a weird cunt. You can imagine his eyes being real fucking wide and intense when he said it too. And like Ronnie would have backed away a little bit. (laughs) Jesus. Kramer style. (laughs) (laughs) I reckon that's how he enters the meeting room. Just swings the door open and... (laughs) <laughs> found him <laughs> Oh fuck I found him Ronnie Oh fucking hell Ronnie standing Steve... in jeans and sneakers Fucking with Superman in the background <laughs> Steve uh, Moore has a heart attack Because he's too old for the shock Dr. Uh, Murray he was fuck. that excited yeah. Jeez but tell you what Did the fucking fight in the Hanson get a run In the uh, uh, commentary of this fucking ODI uh, so apparently what heard... it is is he has massive problems. He forgets. Apparently this is he forgets how he holds his bat. He has massive problems with his grip to the point apparently in like he's been in like shield games and that and got his hands where he's wanted them and asked umpires to like fucking mark on his grip where his hands are and shit. There was an old story about an old test cricketer who used to super glue his gloves onto his yeah. bat handle yeah. when he found the spot that he, he loved them. The spot he liked to fucking yeah. put him on. Yeah. Fuck that would... Hang on. That doesn't make any sense. No, none at all. But that's what he did. <laughs> They've got an itchy nose. He slip your hands in the glove. Yeah, once, yeah. How do you get it out? Oh, it would just be... It would be one hand. It would be his bottom yeah, hand. It would just be the, probably the oh. bottom hand, I'd say. Or maybe the top All right. I thought I'd seen the picture of both gloves glued on. You need someone to come over and do them up and then take them off. With your teeth, I suppose. Fuck that would be annoying. Could Steve, like, there's an opportunity for some technology to be developed out there, isn't there? Like a bat grip with a 
a oh, different yeah. colour on it. So you just, oh, I put my, just, put my oh, left like hand on the green yeah, and yeah. put my right hand on the red. Yeah, yeah, everyone everyone does does it's like the old Peter Dacos footy where it has this where you put yeah. your thumb and this where you put your fourth yeah. finger. Oh, like swing, um, king, swing king ball or whatever. Like those coffee mugs that change colour depending <laughs> on the temperature. Yeah. So if you've held it in a spot long enough, the grip changes colour. And I reckon those coffee back. mugs, like it's going to come out in about 20 years or leading course of cancer. Oh, yeah. You can't, buddy. You can't be drinking out of fucking something that changes <laughs> colour when heat goes into it. Uh-huh. And on that topic, we'll go back to the cricket rundown. So Finchie and old <laughs> Hand Smith would put on 108 for the second wicket. Oh, Handsy. Before Finchie was dismissed for 114. And as someone said on Twitter, I've never seen a bloke make a ton and look so fucking bad. But he just does it. <laughs> he just plugs away. So Smith will go on to make the third fastest ton in Australian ODI history, scoring his 100 off 62 balls. Jesus. Smith would then be dismissed for 105 off 66. So that's a strike rate of 159.09. So next up, the big show would have a late innings cameo of 45 off 19. Uh, That's striking at 236 for those playing at home. The Aussies would finish up six for 374. Best of the Indian bowling was Muhammad Shami, who took three for 59 off his 10 overs. India only used five um, five bowlers, and they all got given the business. So hmm. only five blokes bowled 10 overs. No, like, chucking it around to try and buy a wicket or any of that fun stuff. So, yeah. So um, India started off their innings in a quick five fashion, going at 10s and over. And they were helped along by a 20-run opening over care of Mitch fucking Stark. Mm. So, or Mitch Harmison, maybe. Fucking who's <laughs> but, um, India were going to make eight for 308, with Hardik Pandya making 90, and Shikandarwan with 74. Pick of the Aussie bowling was uh, Adam Zampa, who recovered from dropping Coley in the deep. Take four for 54 off his 10 overs. So not a bad effort there. Mm. Hazel would, would also claim the first three wickets of the innings, including that of Virat Kohli. To finish up with three for 55. Goldstein donation would pull up lane and not finish the match after making a fucking duck in the first innings. Gold first two, ball. wasn't it? First yeah, it was gold. Yeah, one ball. Yeah, Warnie That's was what a gold in the back is. of the box crying as he went. <laughs> um... <laughs> Australia won by 66 runs. Match referee was David Boone. Hey. And the man of the match, because this is a men's game, so we're going to call it the man of the match, was Stephen Smith. Um, smudgy. Yeah, bro. Smudgy smudge. Yes, Mr. Slater. It was world record length of game, too. Yes. Finished 59 minutes after the schedule close of play. Jesus <laughs> you know, Christ. You know I'm a stickler for overrates. Oh. You know this. This has been my massive thing yeah. for the... 10 years we've been doing this podcast, or mm-hmm. however long it's been. Two things. Coley, fucking facing the spinner, takes his helmet off, gets a hat run out to him. Oh, next over, fuck. next over's a medium pacer, gets his helmet run back out, takes his hat off, they run it back. Right, that's fucking, that shits me. Warner. In your back pocket in that situation. That's right. Yeah, hanging off your belt, as was the style at the time. Yeah. David Warner at the non-strikers and undoes his gloves every fucker ball. Right, that's fine, whatever. Oh. When you get down the other end, don't make a fucking song and dance about doing them back up again. He stands there and does it as slow as you've ever fucking oh. seen. And then as soon as his gloves touch the ground or get a bloody blade of grass anywhere near him, has to get them changed. You're a fucking international cricketer, mate. You don't need new gloves every fucking ball. No. 
Anyway, that's that's why the game finishes so fucking late. Yes, Roscoe. The um, security trying to get the protesters off weren't exactly lickety oh, split oh, either. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Ross, that, that, that security guard was clearly a president of a local cricket organisation. They didn't move. They didn't move. <laughs> yeah, he's got this bucket and hat on. Oh, and they and did it. move. Oh, Fuck me. Sorry. And um, another thing was that Marcus Stonis did a terrible game, possibly just pretty much par for how he plays when he plays for Australia. Um, unfortunately, I'd read an article a few days beforehand how Ricky Ponting said he was five times better yeah. <laughs> than previous when he um, had gone with him to England. What's five times think? zero? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, think that, I think that's what it is. Normally it would take him five balls to make that bad of a duck, but now he gets, yeah. it, gets it done in one. <laughs> so um, the, the, there's info from Ponting and Alex Carey saying, yeah, oh, they went on a UK tour and he was fitter and better and in better condition and shape and playing better. That's the, hang on. Yeah. Can you score ODI, Yeah, ODI tour of England where he was Steve Smith's replacement because of that concussion issue. And didn't he make, oh, that's right, he made fuck all runs. Yeah. Is he also the bloke they talk about as an incredible Hulk, so he's meant to look yeah. like that all the fucking I de- time. Yeah, unless they've got his fucking 3K time trial splits or something. He's always looked fit to me. Yeah. He hasn't been yeah. like a Finchie where he sort of wavers between fit and a bit pudge. It's just he's always ripped. You know what right. Finch does? He scores fucking runs. No, yeah. that's fucking true, Bull. He does. Oh, yeah, Finch's biggest problem is he has a hamburger every time he scores runs. So, fucking... <laughs> <laughs> so unless he goes on a lean spell with the fucking bat, he, go, he doesn't. He doesn't lean down. Hamburger so, and a deck of darts. Bitch. <laughs> it was frustrating that um, Stoinis, uh, despite his lawyer's string of scores, including someone on Twitter threw up his last fifteen ODI scores, which one one was in the forties. Everything was less than that. Yeah, He's still got a game ahead of Cameron Green. I know Green's form has been shield form, not uh, one day domestic form, list A form, but still it was frustrating. And then to cap it all off, right at the end of the game, there was Stoinis walking along the boundary line with his hat on backwards. Uh, really uh, love should it. never play again if you're going to do that. Uh, anyway. Disgrace. Mm. All righty. So from there, we'll move on to the second ADI. <laughs> so we went down the road from from the SCG to the SCG. And um, <laughs> so uh, old Spotify himself, Moises Enriquez, would replace the Goldstein donation in the lineup. Uh, once again, our man Finchie won the toss and decided to have a bat. Finch and Warner combined for their 16th century opening stand, finishing up with 142 when, dismins- when, dismins- when Finchie was dismissed for 60. Fucking hell, spit that out. Uh, Warner was <laughs> run out 10 runs later for 83. Steve Smith would make another 62-ball ton. And if Marnus hadn't have fallen over when they were coming back for the second, it would have been a 61-ball ton. But um, mm-hmm. so Steve Smith would, and that that second ton would make him the first player since David Warner in 2016 to make back-to-back ODI tons. I got a feeling those Warner tons are in Jeez. a champions trophy from as a guest. Uh, um, so Smith would end up being dismissed for 104 after he and Marnus put on 136 runs for the third wicket. Marnus, who would make 70, was joined by the Big Show, who would make 63 red off 29 balls. Uh, Australia would finish up four for 389. Pick of the Indian bowling was Pandemania, Hardik Pandya, who took one for 24 of four overs. 
So that's how good their bowling was going. That was the best of it. Yes, Ross going. Yeah, Ross. Interesting observation here. Um, Dave Warner, he had an okay IPL, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think uh, Tip Mesley got us on to Aaron Finch had a stinker and was dropped yep. by his team. Glenn yep. Maxwell had an absolute stinker and was getting close to being dropped by his team. Mm-hmm. Steve Smith was pretty ordinary. He even said um, after he found his hands lost, yeah, he lost that uh, he'd been trying to hit the ball too hard in the IPL and that's not his mm-hmm. go. And the, when he won the second man of the match, I watched the post-match interview. Yep. And uh, just made me think, are they being cagey pros, these guys? Because Maxwell's come out and slayed them. Finch yeah. has been phenomenal. And Smith has just made 200s off 60 balls. So they just go to the IPL and just go, look, I really don't give a fuck, but it's a massive payday. I'm going to yeah. be a pro. I'm not going to turn up drunk or whatever. I'm not going to make a single run. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> make any guys. What do you mean? They jeopardise the next paycheck because they want it what? Maybe they had enough of going to the IPL. Maybe they're just like, "Ah, this is the last one. Well, just do what Pat Cummins does and don't go. No, he went. He got smashed everywhere. Didn't he pull out the... Oh, did he he start it back? Because he didn't used to go to it. Yeah, no, but he got paid like... Didn't he get paid like a gazillion dollars? Yeah, that's right. A million bucks. Yeah. Uh, so what, what do you reckon though? Like, how can you just be so out of form? And is this it's a different format? Different pitches, different country. Like, but, 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 no, like, so, but you see Finchie like in the um, maybe not so much the BBL. But you saw it in this series here. Like, he only he only really looks super comfortable against the pace on bowling, and you're not getting too much of that in India or in the especially in fucking Dubai right. on their decks. So, yeah. he, so yeah. I had something like yeah. he didn't hit a six for the entire I just IPL. I'm with you. If these two picks Steve are against Smith. you, I'm with you, mate. That's it. Right. Two yeah, on two. There's my, there's my second hot take for the night. That they're yeah. just, I think it's I, I pretty lukewarm, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think what the <laughs> right word is for where you just rock up as a professional and do your job but don't actually really try. The English call them overseas players, don't they? Yeah, in the yeah. county championship, the people just yeah. turn up, get their money, and just mercenary. Play. Yeah, mercenary. Yeah. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Bloody good room temperature take, I reckon. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tepid, <laughs> tepid takes with Ross Slater. <laughs> so in reply to in reply to Australia's four for three eighty nine, India would make nine for three thirty eight off their fifty overs. Uh, it was Indian skipper Virat Kohli was the best Indian batsman, making 89. KL Raul would also make a half century, scoring 76. Paddy Cummins was the best of the Aussie bowling with three for 67. Steve Smith and Moises also took an absolute pair of fucking screamers oh, fuck. oh. in the field. Moises was one of the Same position, cats, too, sort of your standard yeah. mid wicket on the ring. Just yeah. both good guys. Coley just can't get it done. A massive dive. <laughs> That's right. it. Yeah. Coley just can't get it done in run chases. No. You know he's got a history of it. It's it's, it's yeah. sad to see and, such a good and player knocking into the short ball. He's got out yeah. twice to the short ball. A bit late <laughs> on it. Ooh, knees banging together. Yes, <laughs> to bring in some local cricket there, Coley, uh, the wicket there was um, bowled by a St George player and caught by a St George oh, player. Oh, you heard the skull oh, say that again. Yeah, yeah, we all watched it, Ross. <laughs> Absolute plagiarising after your tepid take here, mate. Speaking Come of on. fucking, um, oh, yeah. speaking of pricks who were scared of the short ball, how about that prick who batted number 
fucking four for India. I uh, oh, oh, Shire or some yeah, shit. What he, I, I don't he know. He's dead set fucking shitting his pants when. Oh, but you know what does make me feel good, Mick, is when you see big fat Finchy under a lid at short leg at a one day game. I was fully <laughs> engorged when I saw that. Oh. I could have poked an eye out when I saw him under the lid. <laughs> All right, as you mentioned earlier, um, Dave Warner would pull his strain his groin, um, which puts him in doubt for the rest of the summer. A million glass eyes are currently crying. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't think I've heard that, that saying before. That's great. Uh, so the Aussies, the Aussies win by 51 runs. The patron saint of November, David Boone, was your match referee. And man of the match was once again, Mr. Stephen Smith. Devro. Yes, mm. Alexander. Now, I'm not sure if you're going to mention it soon because you do love Grandpa Ian, as does the podcast. But have you heard his... No, we can talk about this now. I don't have this written down, so we can talk about this now. Okay, so uh, old man shouts at Cloud. Um, <laughs> Grandpa Ian shouting at Clouds again, saying that it's ridiculous and it should be banned. And that, and is, that is switch hitting. That's it. Oh, I was going to say flat pitches. Ah, hmm. oh, come on. Look, no one's mentioned switch hitting for fucking five years, I reckon. No one cares yeah. about it anymore. When it first started getting big people had this conversation, KP. no one's spoken about it in years. He's just been brewing up how to you know, have a good take on it. That's it. Just taking him five years to get his thoughts together. Yeah, I think the problem with Ian is, is he's been... Lately, he's been going into bat for Will Pekoski and he's been sticking up and, you know, being the good guy and he just needed to do something villainous again. So he's like, fucking switch hitting. <laughs> yeah. That's how I'll fucking get him offside. I'll make him hate me by talking about switch hitting. That's what he's up to, I reckon. Speaking yeah. of um, Grandpa Ian, have you, are you finished with the switch hitting, L? Yeah, go, 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 mate. Because on my... Um, on my massive four-hour drive home today from work, I was listening to the um, ABC coverage, which yes. Charlie's on. Mm-hmm. And interesting, he had a, a very tepid take that um, <laughs> the DRS should be left to the umpires. Now, I, in my mind, driving home down the long, lonely highways of yep. uh, Colac to Geelong, thinking, or Colac, where Finchie's from too, the Colac flyer, thinking about how that would work. So the umpire's given you out. And then, in his wisdom, thinks, oh, maybe I've got that wrong. I better check it. Uh, it that's, it's a fucking dumb idea. You find me but, a bloke at his job who admits when he fucks up. Come on. <laughs> Jesus. Big appeal for Corpion. Not our boys. Oh, shit. Maybe I did hear something. Yeah, we'll go upstairs. Sorry, Al, you go. I was just going to say, it's going to be like... Square leg. Like, it's taken away the stupidity. Oh, yeah. It's going to yep. be like square leg decisions. They're never going to make a yep. decision by themselves. Why would you? Well, when, yeah. you when you've got all the shits. Well, Alice Kerr has just been run out by half a pitch on the third ODI. And the third umpire went upstairs to look at it. Yeah. Ridiculous. Speaking they of could... the third ODI, Bruce Oxenford's umpiring uh, mix. Which you'll know of um, Star Wars face shield fame. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> He's got his Digimon deck ready to fucking battle. <laughs> what did um, fucking <laughs> Mark Wolf fucking? He actually made me laugh. Like watching the coverage, he said. It looks like he's training a Rottweiler or a, a German Shepherd. Oh, <laughs> like a like he's got dog, the yeah. fucking, well, they grab onto the arm and just. <laughs> uh, 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 
Alrighty. Uh, so I just I just yeah, got a little bit here from Chapelli. This is an article, some quotes from Chapelli about um, his um, thing about switch hitting. Um, and the, the opening line of the article is, it's only taken two one days for Ian Chappell's first angry rant of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, not, it's his second angry rant about Will Pukowski. Oh, yeah. about eight times about that. Yeah, he's talking about switch hitting. He says, one of the main reasons he's become a left-hander, Maxwell, is so he can take advantage of the field placings. I'd love the administrator Bullshit. who made the laws. I'd love them to explain to me how that's fair. <laughs> yeah, Chaplin encouraged Indy to revolt against the practice by challenging the on-field umpire. Quote, I just can't believe the players don't arc up about it. If I'm captain, I'm going to take the ball myself and I'm going to tell the umpire I'm bowling right arm over the wicket and then I'm going to run up and bowl around the wicket, he said. Yeah, you know what I think's unfair? Um, when they bring third man into the circle and someone plays a late cut past them. Uh, how dare they exploit the fielding positions? That's fucking bullshit. You know what I hate? When, some, when you bowl it outside off and the bloke hits it over cow corner. That's bullshit. That's fucking bullshit. How's that fair? How is that fair, How's that fair? As it has been written, Mick. Yeah. It needs to go in the offside. I'll just finish with a final quote from Giappelli. Obviously, the umpire's going to complain. and I'm going to say, well, you stop him, the batsman, doing something I think is totally unfair, and I'll stop doing something unfair. <laughs> that sounds like Giappelli. Oh, yeah. If the administrators aren't smart enough to change it, then my attitude always was, quote, well, I'll take the law into my own hands, end quote. Yeah, that sounds that's like Spot on. It does. Yeah, unfortunately... Scum. There's no reference there to playing a shield match at the Adelaide Oval in 1962. Uh, true, yeah, yeah. the Trumpet That's the only thing that was missing, missing I think. Yeah. Um, Indian connection here, uh, fellas. John Wright was the man who superglued his gloves to his bat, uh, New Zealand oh, best cricketer, yeah. and he used to coach India from 2000 to 2005. Right. So there that you was go. Him. Fucking hmm. six degrees of Kevin Bacon. That's That's surprisingly... It. I never heard his name before in my life. Played eighty-two no, no, no. test matches, so he'd be up there on the yeah, yeah, five thousand three hundred and thirty-four runs at thirty-seven point eight. That would oh, put him in the upper he's echelon. He's a New Zealand yeah. legend. He's Damien Wright's dad. He's a <laughs> Just a, a quick one on the commentators. Uh, Shane Warren was good. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> At least you thought so. so that's right. Right. He talks over everyone. It's oh. like listening to this podcast. Gilly's going on this. Gilly's gone on this long, searching, bloody diatribe about the way you know um, players play the modern game and how good it is. Blah blah blah. And every four words, Gilly said, "What he's saying something over the top." You know, oh, Hawaiian pizza, whatever the fuck he said. But oh, his just first car was a Cortina. Uh, yeah, forever talking over the top yeah. of him. Fucking tasty uh, tubes. My final take on Warney is, what do you think of his skin fade? Uh, I think that's just his hair. Surgical, yeah. That's, yeah. There's no fade there. It's just they've just stuck whatever rug on top of his head and it just looks like a fade because he's bald. Yeah, surely oh, yeah. he can't go to a normal barber. A friend of the show, we won't mention his name, but he used to have it cut by bloody lasers, didn't he? Back yes, in the I day. don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't think well, you I can is I hope Advanced Terry giving Warney a discount because he's not getting a full head done. So, <laughs> all righty. So we'll keep on the uh, international cricket theme, but we're going to discuss the first test because by the time oh, we shit, drop yeah. our next episode, that. it may be day one of the first test from memory. So, um, we're going to quickly go through and discuss what we think will be the makeup of the first test side. Now, with the um, absence of Warner, we've 
luckily we forgot we were doing this and did it all today. So Warner was already out of the squad, so that helped <laughs> us out a bit. So um, I'll kick off with mine. So um, unsurprisingly, um, captain, captain and playing coach um, and debutant, I've got Will Pekoski at number one. <laughs> um, now, I've gone a little bit left field in his partner because I still think Joe Burns is fucking retarded. So I've picked the next best opener in Sheffieldshire cricket this summer. And that is Marcus Harris. So we've got the two Victorians at the top <laughs> of the order. We know it's all about chemistry and their chemistry is off the fucking charts at the moment. Yeah, it is. So we pick both of them. Um, I've left the flying lasagna, Marnus, at number three. Um, we've got Hansy, old Steve Smith, in at number four. Um, speaking of body parts, I've let Travis Head keep his spot, and he's going to bat at five. He has actually had a relatively good shield start, despite the sacker being horrible. He's made a couple of tons. He saved a couple of draws and stopped them from losing games. So I think he's done enough to retain his spot. Um, at number six, I've gone with the another debutant, the man we've been banging on about for a little bit for the last uh, 18 months or so, is Cameron Green. Um, I've got him at number six. I've got Payne at number seven. I've got Patrick Cummings at number eight. Number nine, I've decided to go with James Pattinson. So oh! I've, after watching what has been dished up, I know it's one day cricket and it's different, but Mitch Stark's Mitch Stark looks extremely out of sorts and needs, I don't know, something fucking jab in the ass from fucking the weapon or something. I don't know, but he needs something <laughs> to fire himself up because he looks fucking <laughs> terrible. So I'm going to rest him and make him angry and bring him back for the second test. Um, number 10, I've got Josh Hazelwood. At number 11, I've got the goat, Nathan Lyon. So that is my first test side. Got a 12th man next? there, Mick? Oh, man, um, I don't have one, but we'll go Mitch Stark because that'll make him absolutely upset having to run water out when he's not picked. Uh, How sucky did he get when he didn't get his 100 in the shield? Yeah, that shield game. That was the top, man. Is that the start of his bad body language at water he's been banging on about for 15 years? It was the start of the... Nah, because it happened the other way. Oh, Peter Neville fucking destroying careers. Uh, yeah, you can go next, Alex, with your side, mate. All oh, right. So I picked uh, exclusively out of the squad that was provided by Cricket Australia. Um, so out of all the openers, just uh, the incumbent who's got so much chemistry, uh, Joe Burns, will open. I think we uh, should call him the chemist from now on. The chemist. Or the alchemist. Oh, yeah. Or a perfectly titrated solution. There's so much chemistry going yeah. on there. Yeah. pH um, indicator. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Will Pukowski, uh opening with him, of course. The numbers don't lie. And there's, for me, there's three players that are just dead locks because, you know, guy, I'm a huge fan of Travis Head, but it's Marnus, Steve Smith, and Travis Head um, in two, uh, three, four, five. I, I'm denied about whether Matty Wade gets his spot back at number six or Cameron Green, but I went with Cameron Green because I don't really enjoy Wade too much. I don't think he's that all that. Tim Payne at seven, Pat Cummings at eight. I've got Stark in the side. Uh, uh, pink ball test swings a bit. So I think he'll be a weapon. Josh Hazelwood, Nathan Lyon, and Wade got my 12th man. So that's my side, fellas. Alrighty, I think that's more likely what the side's going to look like. Yeah, I think you, that's what it's going to be. What are your thoughts on it, David? Uh, I think I had the same side as Al. So I'll just oh, run okay. through uh, Burns, Park, Lasagna, who... 
really, let's be honest, we turned into a household name on this podcast. Um, <laughs> he was Damn fucking right. nothing before we got on board. Uh, Smith, probably the same, really. Uh, he was a bit of a loser before we got on board. Um, We've always we, loved him. Yep, Cranium, uh, Green, we'll turn him into a star. Uh, Tim Payne, probably farewell, swan song, I suppose. Uh, Stark, what's that say? Cummins, I thought it said Guinness. Uh, Noni, <laughs> Lion, and the game's being played in Brisbane, so my 12th man will be Andrew Bickle. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Adelaide, you dickhead. Well, uh, my 12th man will be Andrew Bickle. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't get Kel Ferguson in to have a farewell 12th man fucking go. Oh, duo farewells. <laughs> he was Real. quite good on the radio today, Kel yeah. Ferguson. Yes, I heard him. He was good. Mm. Um, Can't wait till he gets ruined. What about yourself, Roscoe? Have you put a team together for us? Yes, have. I've had a look through this squad, and I yeah. think uh, this is how they'll line up. I think uh, Privy Shaw and Lena Gagawal will open, then Pajar <laughs> at three, Coley at four. This is where it gets a bit interesting now. You've got the vice-captain, Jinka Rahane. I think he'll come in at five. And at six, I'm going for KL Rahul, ahead of yeah. Anamar Vahari. Well, that's a good idea. I preferred one. Keeper's an interesting one. Saha's been back in the team a bit, but, of course, there's Rishabh Punt. Punt, 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 Is he even punt, in the squad? Punt, punt. Yeah, he's in the squad. He is, yeah, okay. so, your business, know, Alex. That might be a ding-dong battle there for um, who's going to get the... Um, Keeping position, I think they might go for Saha somehow, a bit more experience. Uh, Spinner, Ravi Ashwin, no doubt. And then the pace bowlers, interesting. I couldn't fit all the ones I wanted in, but I've got uh, Shami and, of course, Jasper Bumrah in there. Mm, who's your third seamer? I'll be interested in this. Uh, well, I noticed that um, old mate's still injured. Ishan Shan. Yeah, not he's not here. No Nando's for him. So I had to go for Umesh Yadav instead. Oh, wow. Um, I know that name in a while. Yeah, I reckon yeah, he's Yadav. a weak link out of all of their bowlers. I thought I they might go Sainer or Saini from the one-day games. Oh, but he's deep Saini. Yeah. yeah. He's been pretty ordinary. You got a 12th man? Uh, Rohit Sharma. Yep, thank you. Yep. Who's not here? That's it. Yep. He's joining. And yes, Australian team, I also did one of them. <clears throat> We're just looking through the shield runs that have been made so far. So I went for Picasso, obviously he's going to open. And I went for a little bit different with the other open. I think you need experience at the top of the order, which Burns doesn't really provide. And I've gone <laughs> for them um, bringing back Usman Kawadra as an opener. I think oh, that's fitting wow. perfectly. Mm. Better than a lot of the other shit trucks we give a game to there. Uh, three minus, four Steve Smith. Number five, gone for Cameron Green. Number six, Number I've gone for... Yeah, just too low at six, wasting his time. Uh, number six, I've gone for um, Bison. I think he deserves another chance. Just <laughs> give that bloke Despite enough Despite his calf injury, that's okay. <laughs> he broke his ankle. Apparently, he'll be, he'll be jogging the day before the game, so he should be right to play. Uh, he does need to bowl because, um, obviously, we've got Cam Green <laughs> to, to bowl. Never fuck balls. <laughs> yeah, uh, then, obviously, we've got uh, TP, the old toilet paper himself at seven. T-Pain. Yeah, that's it, TP. And yep. then um, eight. So going for a little mix-up there. I think Hazelwood's oh, uh, underutilised at 11. So I think bring him up to eight. Yeah, get Noni up there. Yeah. yeah, I think he can hit a long ball. And then you need a bit of ballast. So bring Cummins in at nine. And 10 line, because he's good for a few shots. And then um, put Stark at 11, because that'll piss him off. <laughs> so, yeah. And you have you got a 12th man for the Australians? 
12th man. It's in Adelaide, just, remember? So. It's in Adelaide. Uh, yeah, okay. So, um, Peter McIntyre. Yeah, yeah, Tim May. Yeah. <laughs> Tim May. <laughs> Tim May was made 12th man for Booney's last test, which was in Adelaide. He hadn't played a game of test cricket for three years. He would have been out, he would have been out the back in, yeah. on the, uh, on the grass, having a Nando's and a couple of frosty refreshments, one would think. A cordial or two. Mm. Yes. Mm, yes, this is um, going to be an interesting test series because, as we know, the Indian skipper Virat Kohli will only play the first test and then will go home mm-hmm. to India for the birth of his first child. So um, it's going to be, I think, if you can get the Indians in that first test, I reckon uh, once the skipper goes away, they'll be very vulnerable to be possibly clean swept, I think. So this first test will be a very interesting um, match. To well, fuck them, Belgium. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fuck them. Yep. Yep, I hope so. Better than last fucking time they come down when they won the fucking series. Yeah, yeah well, Bo- Boomer doesn't have Finchie to get out for fun now, so he's going to find <laughs> so, Yeah. True. He's got birds to get out for fun. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it should just be one for... It should just be Paka Lasagna walking out. <laughs> one to zero. Don't have yeah, another open. Yeah. But just make them bowl like two overs to no one, so they're yeah. tired. Yeah. Interesting to note in the leadership structure of the Australian team, they've gone away from the pyramid structure. Yes, so it's just um, Tim Payne, captain, Pat Cummins, vice captain. So it's yeah, an interesting it was... conundrum. What if uh, Tim Payne breaks a finger and then Cummins has to go off the ground at some stage to <laughs> change jumpers or something? Mm, who's the DVC? Be... Is there a deputy vice captain? Who's Marnus. Not Marnus. It's interesting that they've gone away from their tried and tested method of just having batsmen in the leadership group. Uh, Wicketkeepers yeah. very rarely in a captaincy position, mm. sometimes vice captains or mainly it's a worrying vice captains. Mm. And then you've got a bowler as a vice captain. That's mm. interesting. Conventional yeah. wisdom thrown out the window, Ross. Well, that's what happens in a pandemic, I believe. Yeah. 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 What happens when you get fuckheads like Justin Langer in charge, mate? Just fucking... Sitting on fridges. It's topsy-turvy uh, world, coffee, isn't it? Coffee tables. <laughs> the floor. Yeah. Anywhere but where the chair. milk sits. <laughs> the milk goes on the chair. <laughs> and we sit in the fridge. That's what we do around here, boys. <laughs> what we've been doing hasn't been working. So move the milk to the chair and I'll get in the fridge. <laughs> Interesting. I think in the, the Boxing Day test, we might see two 11s and four keepers playing. Because I think uh, if Coley goes out of the team, Rishabh Punt and Saha could both play. And mm-hmm. um, Punt as a batsman. And Australia currently running with a couple of keepers in pain. Yeah. And, and Stark. Stark, yeah. that's right. That's way. concerning. <laughs> and of course, there's Dave Warner, who might be back for the second test, who's kept wicket in... Test match for Australia. Yes. Keep us falling out of the trees. Alrighty. So I think that winds us up for the uh, our test review, which is very thorough as always. So Fuck yeah. We look forward to discussing uh, what's happened with that first test on our next podcast. <laughs> um, so lastly, and not leastly, we throw over to Alex for a would you rather. Oh. Yes. The uh, fans have spoken, Mick, so I've done another one. I got so much feedback on the would you rather last time, especially when I threw it out to our fans <laughs> to give us what they would rather. Mm. Um, it was hard to keep up with all the messages coming through on this. 
mate, my my phone would just drain of battery. Like you watch it go down with all the messages coming in. I had a day off just to reply to them. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like one of the Beatles. You can't reply to that much fucking mail. You just can't. Like you, you can try, but you may as well just give up. Righto. Who would you rather be best mates with? Ooh. Shane Warne or Michael Slater? Oh, Mick, straight away. You, you went straight away. Tell me why. Oh, Michael Slater's one of my favourite players as a kid. Oh, okay, just purely on playing ability, and, not about and, how fucking annoying he'd be when he's around you. he okay. used the power spot, so you know deep down he's a good person. Yeah. Okay, that is true. That is true. I had that down on my yeah. list of pros and cons. I did use a power spot. And I think... I'm less likely to want to fucking wind up in a sex dungeon if I'm friends with Michael Slater as well. So, yeah. Well, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what that giggling face has got behind it, Nick? Yeah. All right. One of the other two of the podcast? Uh, I'll go with Warning just because he's got the toys. Um, oh, which, oh, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we saw that just, photo during the week of him coming just out of come sea out of sexy mate. land. Yeah, I mean, he just he's fucking rich, you know what I mean. So, and that's not the basis to any, or you know, friendships itself. But if I had to pick not between Slater, <laughs> and it, you know, Slater, and I probably have to be careful here, but he, I know he's been known to fly off the handle, and it'd be a weird space to be in if you're his mate, um, and he's at a pub and he's just decided he's had enough of people. Yeah. Or Warney, and yeah, he can get you into some cool places, I suppose. Then you could just fucking leave him. <laughs> he gets you, he gets you into a decent restaurant, but <laughs> you can just go right, mate. I'm going over here. <laughs> Smoke you later. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, go and talk to someone more interesting. Just go to the uh, little boys' room, mate. Yeah, He's running out, door slam, car accelerates. Give us a dart on the way out, warning. <laughs> oh yeah, you'd have darts too. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I didn't think of. Yeah. Go on, Ross. Oh, it has to be Shane Warne because he and I have an unbreakable bond. <laughs> <laughs> and what's that, mate? We're born on the same day, just a few years apart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's why I get excited about this segment. And uh, Wardy's Wardy's debut was uh, two weeks away from your birthday, so it's that's an unbreakable bond too. Yeah, which is his you, birthday. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, and his yes. All right, uh, good, just, good uh, work. That's why. That's a... why we got so much fucking feedback from the Woody Brothers was how good they are. Well, just yeah. like that one, it's a great example of how good this segment is. Yeah, I'll give you some I feedback. Fired up about it. <laughs> I'll give you some feedback. Yeah, yeah. please, mate. Uh, hang on, hang on. I'm just uh, getting into the middle of the room. You're putting your chairs around me, get, um, team style, right? Get ten of them and just rapid fire it. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah. I, I think maybe I'll just get 10 of them, throw them up, put them in a bin, and do a different segment. That's what I'm going <laughs> well, the bin on fire. Like I did about 100 episodes ago. Just give up on segments. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right. I think that just about does us for this episode of the, Middle the Music Cricket Podcast. So. Thank you for lifting. Buy Frederick Harold socks. Hit them up. It's getting into Christmas. Get your orders yes. on. Hit up the website. Do yourself a favour and get some really good socks going on. So I'm Mick. Hey, don't buy the cheap rest of the shit. Team, thanks for listening. Thanks See for listening, later. listeners. Goodbye. Just a final thought from me. Uh, yes, thanks Ross, for letting me slot this in. Yeah. <laughs> We've got um, Bendigo Cricket Club. Oh, fuck. Goers, I'll catch us later. United <laughs> Cricket Club, Bucks, <laughs> and just down the road you got United Cricket Club, uh-huh. called 
the yeah, scorpions. That's, that's the really scorpions. cool. Oh, right. And then you've got a new cricket club formed in Bendigo called Bendigo City Sports Club. Oh, City always hate United. Mm. Yeah, that's it. So uh, I'm going to start my own club, United City of Bendigo Cricket Club, <laughs> Colts Cricket Club. <laughs> Give us the acronym for that, please, Ross. You know, UCB, United City B, Bendigo CCC, UCB CCC. Oh, perfect. That'll make such a good fucking Rolls shield logo yeah. on, yeah. The, on the breast oh, yeah. there. And our animal will be where the unicorns. Imagine the monogram of that. It just fucking C's on top of C's. <laughs> It'd be in 3D. They'd just be out of the shirt so it's much. Like it's like a C after C. It's like one of those magic eyes. Yeah. Sort of tricks of the... Look, I can see into the it's logo. another C. I can see a logo in the logo, man. Like there's a logo in the logo. You can't pull over any farther. <laughs> you can't put a logo in the logo. It's already in the logo. It's just right a C. Yeah, it's another C. Bye, friend of Carol's. <laughs> wondering for the 2021 podcast awards that's the clip we'll be putting in see you later